Bryant on the podcast today. We have Dr. Richard Duncan. He is the superintendent of Roan County Schools. Uh, I know you will love listening to him on this podcast. He gives a description of his background. Then we talk about an article uh, that he was quoted in, in the Mountain State Spotlight. And he talks about what they're doing to help uh, the students of Roan County uh, reach excellence. And I know you will list, love listening uh, to Dr. Duncan. And thank you all for listening to this podcast. All right, we have Dr. Richard Duncan on the podcast. He's the, he's the superintendent of Roan County Schools here in West Virginia. Welcome to the Mind of a Football Coach podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate the uh, opportunity to get on here. Yeah, I was. Uh, I've been reading your Twitter for a long time, and I thought to myself, I need to send Richard a message and ask him if he will come on and talk about something other than football. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, if you wouldn't mind just giving. Uh, the listener a little bit of background about yourself and then we'll we'll go from there sure well well, first of all i'm glad we're talking about things other than football um i can keep up i'll say that but i am not at that level that that i would uh i would i would certainly feel a bit underprepared talking with you about football but uh, no i uh so i'm a uh, not quite a lifelong west virginia but just about uh i grew up in williamson uh, down in mingo county i tell folks that when I grew up down there, it was it was Williamson. Now it's Mingo County. And that's an interesting thing. And certainly working around schools and communities and so forth, it's interesting to see how communities change when when schools change. Um, I had the uh, opportunity to come back home in uh, 2011 when Mingo Central High School opened up. Got to work there, and uh, and it was kind of special for me because I, when I was in middle school, we were promised a new high school, and it took almost 15 years to get the thing built and, and to get everything into mm. it. And, um, and the story of how I got there is, is, is nothing but um, it had there, there's a plan out there that's bigger than all of us. And, and it's moments like that, that kind of emphasize that for me. Um, I came back home, didn't really have any idea of what I wanted to do next. I had been in college for a while and researched and doing different things. And uh uh, happened to reconnect with some folks and and said, you know, hey, well, I got this new school opening. If you you have a, a use for me or something you need me to do, I'd, I'd be happy to help out while I'm trying to figure out what to do next. The very first day that teachers were called into the building uh, to start the school year, one of the math teachers had a heart attack and passed away right then and there. Oh, and, um, and yeah, and it was it was just an absolute. I mean, you, you can't understate how much of a shock that was to the community and how how much of a shock that was to that whole staff. And so I got a call the next day from, from uh, uh, some administrators there said, Hey, you know, if you're interested, we really need somebody to come in here and take this over. Here's a situation. Uh, it may be temporary. It may not, but uh, we'd love to have you come up and, and try to help out. And, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll you know, do whatever mm-hmm. I can and certainly can't replace this gentleman. He taught math for almost 30 years. and was just a, a mm-hmm. rock star at doing that. Um, but one thing kind of led to another, I got into the system and, Ended up working uh, at that school for a year. Um, didn't know it at the time, but I met my future wife while I was there. She'd also moved to Mingo County to teach. Uh, okay, to, cool. At that school, and um, but uh, we we kind of we got together a little bit later. But I, I ended up working there in the central office for a few years. I worked in the curriculum and the STEM program, trying to work on uh, bringing uh, science and math to the forefront there, and and then had an opportunity to switch over to human resources, which was a totally different ball game at all. Yeah, and 
you know, I, it was it was fun being the STEM coordinator. It's almost never fun being the human resources director because usually when you have to go find people as the HR director, it's not not a pleasant <laughs> visit. It's something's gone wrong or something's about yeah. to go wrong. Um, but it was it was a great experience because it really shows. Uh, just how important people are to the school system and they're, they're that that's everything else we do our people are our most important and that was something that the superintendent that hired me made sure that I understood and made sure that I saw as, as I worked through that and then uh, after doing that for three years a uh, opportunity came up to move up here to Rome County take the superintendency here uh, I was 34 years old um, thought I was gonna be one of the youngest in the state I am still I guess one of the youngest superintendents in the state but my uh my friend Adam Cheeseman, who you had on uh, previously, would point out very quickly if he was here that he is still the youngest in the state. Yes, uh, he has held that held that honor for a while now. We we seem like we can't get a, a younger person than Adam in there for some reason. Um, but uh, it's you know, and it's been a crazy three and a half years. Um, I don't, you know, I talked before about how there's a plan greater than us out there. I, I could not have planned these three and a half years, or and if I had, I probably would have went. Uh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. I'm not gonna do that right now. You know, yeah. My first year we get into a, a major teacher strike. My second year we have another teacher strike, and then we have this this education reform push, uh, the betterment special session that happened. And then my third year was last year where I thought for sure we were going to get through things and on a normal level. Mm-hmm. And then March 13 hits, we shut down schools statewide. We don't go back until September. And of course, mm-hmm. now we're dealing with all the after the effects of that. So. I'm not sure what it's like to be a superintendent in a normal school year. Uh, I'm not sure many of my <laughs> colleagues understand that at this point. We're all kind of sitting around. I can remember my, my first year during the teacher strike, a bunch of us went down to Charleston to try to help out what we thought we could do, talking to legislators, talking to teachers and so forth. And um, one weekend, uh, the Department of Education hosted us. They, they, they had breakfast for us. And uh, so we got down there and we're eating and, and uh, just kind of chatting and figuring out what we're going to do for that day. And one of my veteran colleagues comes up to me in the, in the elevator and says, hey, how are you doing? How are things going this year? Whatever, whatever. And, you know, we're just kind of chatting and stuff. And he said, I'll, I'll never forget this. He said, well, you know, it's not always like this. It, it, every every other year from now, it'll be fine. You'll you'll be fine. Get through this year. It'll be okay. And uh, I've yet to have that okay year <laughs> in, this, in this whole time. It's just been one thing after another. But, I, you know, I guess on the other hand, it's it's been – it's obviously been right place, right time, because there's no other way this would have worked out if it wasn't if it wasn't set up like that. Mm. And that's awesome. And I I keep thinking about you know I'm, I'm just a football coach and a teacher, but I couldn't imagine all the planning and then the plan changes and then you have to replan and then you have to make sure like okay are we all on the same page? Uh, just talk about that a little bit. Like how in the world are are y'all doing that as superintendents? It's definitely a struggle. I mean, we're um, we're doing that. Sometimes we do that anyway. I mean, I guess in normal years, mm-hmm. if there are normal years. I just said sure. there aren't, but you know, um, you know, we we always have plans, and and um, uh, I think we're always I think we're all revolved around sports quotes these days. But I love the the Tyson quote. I think it's Tyson who said, you know, everyone has a plan until they get a punch in the face, <clears throat> and yep. that's kind of where we've been this year. Uh, we've had so many different plans, and then, you know. Wednesday rolls around, Friday rolls around, Monday rolls around, whatever day it is, and we just get we we have to take the punch and move on. Um, I think what has has helped, at least in, in my case and, and what we've done here, is that we have had uh, tremendous leadership from our board, uh, from uh, my senior staff, from our teacher leaders that have 
even when they don't know what's going on, because none of us know what's going on, they have kept calm. They have kept to the to the to this protocol and just said, "Okay, we're going to have to change. We're all in this together. Let's get for let's let's get through it." Um, having that community approach really helped us, and I think that's something that you know, if I look back on the past three and a half years when I first got here. The, the talk was all it was about Roan County being kind of a middle of the road county in size, middle of the road county in achievement, never really, you know, outstanding in any particular thing. Occasionally now and then we'd have something go really, really well, um, but not having a whole lot of community support. We don't have an excess school levy, uh, which for those who are not familiar with school finance, that, um, you know, that's the extra taxes you pay to benefit the school system beyond what the state pays for. We don't have mm-hmm. that here. We've just got our basics. Um, but in uh, my second year, between strikes, somehow, uh, we were able to pass the bond levy, about $10 million worth of improvements in wow. our schools. So everyone, so in, and it was it was a 54% vote. That's all it took. It just takes 50% to win. But more than half the voters in Roan County said, yeah, we'll, we'll volunteer more money out of our own pocket to make sure that our kids have safe school and secure school buildings. And I think that push carrying us forward, that community approach is really, really been the key to getting us through whatever else has come since then that's awesome you touched on you know kind of like what roan county is like kind of just expound on that a little bit if you don't mind like for people who aren't from west virginia um who don't know about roan county i I know about roan county football some i follow some of the coaches on twitter i think they do a, a fantastic job so i just know that piece i don't know you know school or anything of that nature right so so we're a um we're a small, small district in, in the grand scheme of things, but we're a medium, small district in, in West Virginia scheme. Yeah, we're right. uh, uh, this year, we're about 1,900 students this year. Usually we're closer to 2,000. Um, as little as uh, 10, 15 years ago, up to 3,000. You know, so we've seen the declining population like much of the state has. Um, mm-hmm. We're about an hour from Charleston, about an hour from Parkersburg, about an hour from Glenville State, uh, about a half hour from Ripley. So not really far from anywhere but not really close to any of the major population centers either. Um, so we're, and there's really not a great way to get here. Uh, the, uh, the roads are <laughs> typical West Virginia roads, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think, but I think what's interesting about that is it, it's kept the community in some ways we're connected, but in some ways we're, we're isolated. And, and mm-hmm. so sometimes we get the benefits of being close enough to Parkersburg, Charleston, places like that to, to benefit, you know, my wife and I would go down and see West Virginia power games or we'd, uh, you know, hit the clay center or whatever. I um, don't know what we're going to do now with the powers, whatever yeah, it is they're doing. That's, that's not a good thing at all. Um, I guess we'll have to go to Columbus or Charleston or Cincinnati or Cleveland to get major sports now. But anyway, um, but at the same time, we're, people in Roan County tend to stay in Roan County. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of gives, I think, that, that community feel to it. So it's a very rural county. A lot of farming goes on here, a lot of cattle. Uh, not a whole okay. lot of crops because we just don't have like the rest of West Virginia. We don't have a lot of flat land, so if you can yeah, clear yeah. it, you can you can uh, you can raise cattle, you can raise goats, sheep. Uh, you can't really grow a whole lot. You can you know gardens and things. Um, historically, though, Roan County is kind of interesting, and of course, I missed all this because I've only been there for three and a half years. But um, twenty years ago, there was a, a major state hospital in Spencer. It was a mental hospital back when the state oh, had. Okay this whole network of, of mental hospitals that were state run, state owned. Uh, the building was allegedly is the largest brick building in, in the Eastern half of the United States. Mm. Um, just a massive operation. There were as many as a, a dozen factories in and around Spencer, uh, oh, made wow. everything from, 
the chutes that that go out of airplanes if you land and, and have to escape into the water. You know, those slides oh and things. They made uh, chrome. They made sweaters. They made all sorts of things. Uh, flooring. Mm-hmm. There was a flooring plant up there and on the industrial park. So it's an interesting community that that unfortunately, like most of West Virginia, talks more about its history than about its future. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's one of the things with this. I think one of the things I like about schools and about the work that we do in schools is that we're always trying to talk about what's next and what's coming next mm-hmm. and what's, what we can do in our future as opposed to focusing on what we used to have. Absolutely. That's awesome. And I love your hat, by the way. I got a Reds hat in my, my drawer. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, my, my dad played pro baseball for a little while. I've, I've been a baseball fan like my whole life. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I grew up uh, listening to the Reds on AM radio. Um, I think south of Charleston and south has traditionally been Reds country. Uh, mm-hmm. I found that north of Charleston, I get looks. Um, folks on this side of the state, oh, I guess, yeah. want to go to Pittsburgh. And I don't know why they want to go to Pittsburgh. I mean, I've been, I've been to the park. It's a nice park. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the Pirates are just not a team you can root for. I don't know how you do that. That's, that's just <laughs> – I'm going to get some hate mail out of this. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. I, I got a friend down here um, that's a huge Pirates fan, and I always I like wear my I like tell him I have a Reds hat and stuff. And he's like, "How could you wear that?" You know, <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, you know, I was and I was I was we were getting ready to talk to you. I saw this article, and we had we had referenced this before the podcast started on the the Mountain State Spotlight, who does a great job. I think they're awesome. And, and this article was by Lucas Manfield. Talks about. Uh, the title is Rome County offers a stark picture of how West Virginia's distance learners may not be learning much at all. Um, and you do a great job with your quotes and talking to the, the author. And um, just give the reader a little bit of background about kind of that story, if, if you wouldn't mind, and we can just kind of just com- converse after that. Sure. So I, I heard from Lucas probably about a month or so ago, uh, maybe a little more than that. And um, uh, we had been talking about different things and and he's, uh, as, as many of his colleagues at Mountain State Spotlight are doing, they're, they're really trying to reach out into rural parts of the state, poverty-stricken parts of the state, and understand what's going on, and especially what government's doing in reaction to that. And we have to remind ourselves often that schools are government. We're, we're part of the system mm-hmm. and what we do. And uh, the conversation kind of kind of drifted away from what was going on now to kind of where my thoughts were going at that time, which was what we're going to do next. You know, that, that's, that's just kind of a driving thought of mine, what's going to come up next, what's going to come up next. And the real challenge that we have coming up next, and I don't think it's been a next, I think it's now in many ways, is understanding where our students are right now, where they've been throughout the pandemic, and what we're going to need to do as a system, as a community, as a school, to help them get back on track, whatever that means. You know, And I'm not talking about test scores, I'm not talking about you know, just grades and, you know, the, the usual school mechanics. I'm just talking about every everything in the child's life. I mean, you think about a kid who, you know, like the, the, the two brothers that were mentioned in the story, you know, one of them had, had still does have high aspirations. He wants to go to college. He wants to run track. He wants to do, you know, maybe play football. He understands that he's got to keep his grades up to do those things, which puts mm-hmm. him ahead of many of his, his peers, let's be honest. Um, right. But what's happened over the past six, 10 months has really set him back. And, and you think about how many other students it's, it's set back like that. So, um, you know, when I, when I talked to Lucas, it was, I said, look, this is, and, and he, he quoted me directly from, from this statement, this is going to be the most important work of my career and all of our career. Everyone who's in education right now, my, my opinion at least is 
what we do for the next three to five years is going to be the most important work we've ever done because mm -hmm. so much is going to have to be done to help these kids out and, and get them back on track. Mm. Yeah. And like the, like the article was great and it, it's, I think it stated a fact, like there's not like a great answer right now. You know what I mean? Right. Like it ends the story with, you know, like I want to send my kids back, but I'm scared to send my kid because I could contract COVID and I maybe maybe I have some comorbidities. So mm -hmm. I mean, like talk about like I think y'all are doing a great job with with what's going on. Talk about what Roan County is, is doing right now to try to help kids during during COVID, if you don't mind. Sure. So so we put together a plan um, back in the summer. You know, talk about plans that get changed often, and it and it's changed often. Um, I stopped yeah. writing them down. I just, I just, I, I used, I'm usually someone who wants to write things down and, and have documents and things like that. Mm -hmm. I just stopped because it was just the number of edits and changes just getting to way, way, way out of hand. Oh um, yeah. But we put together, we put together a plan back in the, in the summer uh, with input from our teachers and parents, and students, and board members, and everyone involved. And what we really wanted to focus on was consistency. Uh, we heard from parents on both sides who wanted to, and by sides, I mean, those who wanted to send their kids and those who wanted to keep their kids home. And, and they said, you know, for some, they do have family members or maybe themselves or maybe they're not parents, maybe they're grandparents, maybe they're aunts, uncles, great aunts, great uncles. You know, we have a, a large number of, of children being raised by older family members in this state. And Roan County is certainly one of those counties that has a, a large population like that. At the same time, we also have folks who have to work every day who want to, you know, um, not that school is just a babysitter, but that's an important part of their schedule is understanding where their sure. kids are going to be. You know, uh, when you're at work, your kid needs to be somewhere. If you don't have a family member who can take care of them, who lives nearby, or maybe you can't afford childcare, uh, childcare options in the county are, are what we have is great, but there aren't, aren't many options, you know, other than yeah. school, there are just a few daycares. It's a small town and you don't have those, uh, all those programs that a large city would have. Um, and I think most of the state doesn't have that. So we prioritized safety by putting uh, two parallel plans. One uh, was a full-time in-person option. One was a full-time distance learning option. Uh, we worked with our teachers all summer to plan this out and to say, okay, you know, for those who are going to be teaching in distance, you really need to understand the tools that are there, tools like Microsoft Teams, tools like Schoology, tools that we had had but hadn't used, uh, you know, hadn't yeah, had to use. Sure. You know, there, there wasn't right. a force to, to really get to know these tools. Um, mm -hmm. And then for in-person, really focusing on the buildings and focusing on, on uh, making them as safe as possible. Um, our hospital stepped up. Uh, we have a community hospital here in Roan County, Roan General Hospital, one of the few independent hospitals left in the state. Uh, and they came to us. It wasn't even, you know, we were kind of sitting there making our plans, thinking about how we're going to do this, how we're going to do that. And they just came one day to me and said, hey, we want to be a part of this. You know, we don't just want to be, and we don't want to just kind of help out a little bit. We want to be a partner. We want to be right there with you. Because sure. we see that if the schools open safely and the community is safe, it's going to help us too. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get overrun. We're not going to get overwhelmed um, if we have a you know, major surge in the county or whatever. So they came along. We opened up clinics in each of those. All five schools have a clinic in them. We have Roan General Hospital staff right there with our staff helping screen kids as they come in and staff as they come <clears> in. <throat> wow, that's so awesome. everyone is, everyone's all part of this, this, whole, um, this whole process. And so... You know, we, we kind of felt like from the beginning, we've got, once we got things going and things went really well, you know, we uh, had our first cases pop up in about the 1st of October, uh, got to learn contact tracing, got to learn quarantines and all mm -hmm. those, you know, like everyone else has done, all those terminology, the terminology and all the, uh, the ins and outs of that. But the plan kept working. So that part of it, we were pretty happy with because 
we weren't seeing a lot of school spread. We weren't seeing any school spread. We were seeing cases connected to the school, but we got to shut them down mm. very quickly. The system right. was working. Well, then we started kind of stepping back and looking at, well, how are we doing academically? I mean, that should be our focus, but we all know that right now it's probably not because of everything else that's going on. And um, and I think Lucas points this out in, in the article, about a month or two in, we start looking at some data and we're like, oh, oh, you know, this is yeah. not going the way we wanted it to, certainly. Um, and it's not just, and he mentioned this too, it's not just the distance kids, it's not just the kids who aren't in the building every day. A lot of our in-person kids are not doing as well as they've done in the past. So yeah. this isn't just about is virtual learning or is distance learning, whatever term you use for it, is it working or not? It's also about how are kids doing right now? How are they mm -hmm. dealing with, you know, this whole environment and how school has changed and how the world has changed around them? And uh, and so what we've tried to do, and and like you said, there, there really isn't an answer for this yet. Uh, we've just been trying to discuss it, get as many people at the table as possible, um, talk to teachers, talk to parents, talk to students, talk to outside folks, you know, have fresh eyes on the on the whole thing. What can we do? And and we've thrown about every tool we have at it. Um, we even you know, kind of as a uh, creativity here in, in a community partnership, our, our local uh, circuit judge works with us on unusual years to work on, work on truancy programs. Uh, we have mm -hmm. a school-based probation officer that we pay half and the courts pay half. And uh, that person, if your kid doesn't go to school often enough, we, we're all familiar with what truancy is, that person yeah. visits you at the house and, you know, you have to start doing some things right. Well, we mm -hmm. kind of rebranded that and went with a distance learning engagement program where if you didn't you didn't participate in your team's meetings, you weren't turning in your assignments, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to try to find you mm. um, as a support, not as a, as a penalty. Right, yeah, sure. Just as a, a, a hand that reaches out and says, hey, what's going on? What do you need? What are we doing here? What, what can we do to help you out? And then mm. if it is, you know, maybe a motivation issue or something like that, as it sometimes is, then we, we step up the consequences and, and really go after that. And that is awesome. I, like I was, I read this article today and I was just blown away. I, I was thinking to myself, Richard is in this for the right reasons. Very smart, very smart man. I'm not just saying that because you're in front of me on this screen, right? I mean, like, <laughs> I mean that. I mean, it's, it's just really, it's just really good to hear. And even Adam was great. We, when we talked the other day, Adam Cheeseman from Dodgers County, um, you know, just men like yourself that care about the kids and it's not there is not a, a you know a number in a school system like you care about them that's that's so that's so awesome to see that's really really fantastic yeah and, and there are others too i mean we we have i think and sometimes we don't get as noticed and it's that's one of the things that um you know and I, and I don't say that to to say that we need to be the ones that are on the front page of the paper every week or we need to be the ones sure yeah. or whatever but you know there are systems in west virginia that are doing really really great work daughters county is a great example um you know, and and you talk to Adam, and 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 they get a little. You know, I, I rip him every now and then about the money that they have, and they've they've been very very blessed with the gas bill. Sure, their local tax base gives them more money than I get from the state, all put together. Yeah. Sure, uh, I've got twice as many students. But what they've done with that has not been wasteful. It's not been extravagant. It's been what do our kids need? You know, their broadband program is awesome. I mean, if I could, if I could do that here, I'd, I'd do it in heartbeat. You know, going out and actually helping. Not just helping lay down the lines, but helping pay for the, the the subscriptions to the students who, you know, the family can't afford it or whatever. Um, you know, there are stories out there, and I guess you know the whole point is there are stories out there that are of, of things that are going very very well in the state and very innovative and and uh, very kid focused. And and I, I feel like if more people hear heard those stories and then mm -hmm. 
copy this. Do do you know we we beg, borrow, and steal in education all the time. Just sure. I don't care. You know you don't have to give anybody any credit. Just do it. If you're doing it for the yeah. kids, just do it. Mm-hmm. You sound like you sound like a football coach when you say that. We always say we steal stuff from everybody. I mean, oh, like yeah. we just steal scheme <laughs> and ideas, and um, you know nobody has an original answer really. I mean, you're trying to you know put piece stuff together. Well. Doctor, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, and it's, it's a late night on a on a Friday night, and man, I just really appreciate you coming on, and giving us your wisdom, and taking the time to talk with us. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me on. And uh, you know, I, I hope, like I said, that, that more people hear about what we're doing well, not because of, that we're doing it well, because they can then take those ideas and and do well in their own communities too. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you.